0: Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are Power for Impact. Welcome to episode number one of our podcast. I am so glad you've decided to join us today. We're going to hear from Dan Baylock from Notre Dame of Mount Carmel Parish in Cedar Knolls, New Jersey. Dan's a smart guy who had an incredibly successful career, well traveled, and he's refreshingly honest. Dan's story is the story of our generation. I say that because, at least in Halifax, ninety percent of self-proclaimed Catholics don't practice their faith by going to Mass anymore. Studies show that for every one adult who comes into communion with the Catholic Church, six adults leave. Dan's story is our story. So if you're a business owner or CEO who's not sure of the role that faith plays in the lives of your employees and their families, this episode is for you. Perhaps you're a parish priest who's unsure if Alpha has a role to play because it's not Catholic this episode you're going to find interesting. Maybe you consider yourself an atheist or an agnostic, you're bright, you're intelligent and you're open to hearing somebody else's experience. Man, you're gonna love this episode. Or perhaps you're a person who practices their faith but your spouse doesn't. This episode is for you. My friends, let me introduce you to Dan Balon. Lift off and the
1: clock has started.
0: Hey Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ron. It's great to be here. So tell me a little bit about your journey <clears throat> of, uh, with your with your wife, and maybe a bit about your faith story. And
1: sure. Um, well, I was born and raised a Catholic. Uh, my parents were Catholic. Their parents were Catholic, so I was baptized uh, as a as a baby as a Catholic. Um, never really uh, had many good experiences with religion in church uh, as a youth. For instance, since I went to public schools, my parents sent me to catechesis every Saturday, which is prime playtime for kids my age. So not only did I did I find church boring, then Saturday morning, I had to go to catechesis. Um, the month senior that our church had, was probably the most cantankerous person I had ever known. He he was like the last person you would go to for spiritual guidance. I think everybody was afraid of him, actually. (laughs) And the nuns were equally cranky. So so yeah, my initial uh, exposure to religion was unfortunately all negative. So um, I never really took it seriously. Um, when I went to college, I kept going to mass, probably just to please my mother. Yeah, I told you she knows everything about me, <laughs> 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 including whether I was missing mass. Um, and I guess after uh, graduating college, probably the tipping point or a turning point for me was getting a job at Bell Laboratories. Uh, Bell Laboratories being the shrine of science and reason, uh, this is where. They, the transistor was invented. This is where the laser was invented. This is where the radio astronomy that detected the Big Bang was invented. They detected the radiation for the Big Bang at Bell Labs. Uh, they developed the C language, programming language. C was was being developed when I was there, when I was working there. I think nine Nobel Prizes were rewarded for work done at Bell Labs. So I found myself surrounded by Uh, I guess I would call them devout evangelical atheists uh, without absolutely any social skills. So I fit perfectly in. (laughs) Um, So after that. Well, you paint a really neat picture. That's a
0: really neat. I didn't know all of that. I can't wait to go to that shrine just to see it. That was was an amazing picture you painted in my head. That's awesome. (laughs) Sorry after
1: that. But after that, I kind of just went on the uh, atheistic autopilot, I would call it. And somewhere in there, I met uh, Laura. I guess it was uh, 1989 where I, I met her. And I was pleased to hear that, like me, she was a lapsed Catholic. She, she no longer went to church. So I said, yes. <laughs> That's my kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, match made in heaven. <laughs> 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 Did I say? Um, or not. <laughs> um, so for a long time, uh, here we are. We both had high-paying jobs. Uh she eventually was working in New York life insurance in Manhattan, and I kept working uh in Bell Labs. Uh so we and we never had any children. So we did whatever we wanted. Uh we traveled the world. Uh when we were before we were in our thirties, I think we had been to probably about 40 countries. Wow. And and it's interesting. Uh, speaking of countries, because for instance, we we spent uh, two or three weeks in India, and I remember seeing a family—no joke—living in a hole in the ground, and they were happy. They were happy. Hmm. And we went to Tanzania, and again, no exaggeration—it sounds like a, a scene from a movie. We saw people living in straw huts, hunting animals with spears. And they were happy. And it occurred to me that I wasn't. I wasn't Mm. happy. And so I think right around there, uh, what was that? Maybe late 90s, um, I started feeling that something was missing in my life. But Mm. it definitely wasn't religion. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. (laughs) I I made up my mind, it definitely wasn't religion, right? Not, Not after all those experiences I had. So I got into all this stuff, Taoism, Buddhism, Zen. Uh, I, I, get this, I was even learning Mandarin so I could read the Diamond Sutra in its original language. I'm not joking. <laughs> That's commitment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did yoga for 10 years. I read the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads. Nothing stuck. Nothing hmm. stuck. Um, so I, I continued on, uh, on, on autopilot uh i guess after two uh 9/11, 2001, uh mm-hmm. I, it something i mean it hit me again that life is fleeting um i think Laura might have returned to the church right around then uh and probably stay for a year or two and most um <clears throat> she didn't uh she never tried to go uh, get me to go to mass with her, so I was fine with that. She did her thing, I did mine. But then she kind of lapsed a second time and stopped going to church. Um, Probably, I'd say around uh, 2013, things really started changing in my life. My godmother, my Aunt Kate, had a massive stroke and spent the last two months in the hospital. While she was in the hospital, my brother, was bicycling home from work one day and he was hit by a car, sent them flying probably 20 yards in the, in the, in the air and he wasn't wearing a helmet. Oh my God. Yeah, so he was, he was brain damaged permanently after that. Oh. When after that happened, when my father found out about that, he suffered a massive heart attack and died. Uh, the last image I have of him is um, uh, struggling to breathe on a ventilator uh, in the hospital. Uh, this um, maelstrom of tragedy was just kind of a wake-up call for me in 2013. So I, I started taking things a little more seriously <clears throat> at that point. But again, still on autopilot. Uh, next year, Laura's mother died. Uh, now this was the turning point. Her father had died a few years earlier. Turning point for her because she returned to the church after her mom died, and she stayed there. That was it. Why did she return? She, um, she had gone to our local church to arrange for a sort of some kind of miniature funeral service in the funeral home, not, not a big-scale funeral inside the church. And there she met a priest who was very welcoming, very friendly, even though she had not been a parishioner. actually came to the funeral home, did a beautiful service for her mom, and his generosity and his ebullience attracted her to the church. So she returned to the church, and she started doing more and more things for the church. So for a while, I was like, "Well, this is fine." She goes to church, gives me more time to do my stuff at home. (laughs) You know, which (laughs) nobody bugging me, (laughs) which had nothing to do with church, uh, obviously. But then she started getting really religious, really oh, oh. religious, yeah. She started inviting me to mass every every weekend. And of course, I, I just kept declining. She started inviting me to church barbecues, church functions. I was thinking to myself, how am I gonna get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, she she was worried. I'm feeling your tension right now as yes. you're telling me the story. I'm feeling your tension. Yeah. Well, she she got <laughs> to the point. Well, be, yeah. I mean, when she had returned to the church for a year earlier, she she had not gotten this religious. But now, uh, starting somewhere around 2014, she started having thoughts. For instance, where she was worried that when I died, and when she died, she would spend an eternity without me. And here I was thinking, look, I, I don't even know. I don't even understand how anybody could spend like 10 minutes with me, you know? So here she is <laughs> worried about this. So, you know, I kind of took it in stride. Nah, that's okay. You, you go to church. I'll do my own thing. Now, things really got uh, got trying for me. A few years after that, when she, believe it or not, Enrolled in an evangelization program at Seton Hall University. (laughs)
0: Uh, Now feeling really
1: bad. (laughs) Wow. This is a great story. Keep going. Well, imagine here I am an atheist and I am married to a woman who is majoring in Christian evangelization. (laughs) Okay. Can someone shoot me now? There's people listening right now going, that's
0: my story. I
1: I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm not the only one. No, you're not. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, so she's taking this evangelization um, program. She's telling me that her her prayer group in New York Life, she's got a prayer group. They're praying for my soul. She tells me they're praying for my soul. I think I rolled my eyes so hard. I strained the ligaments. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, and, then she, and then she starts saying, you got to watch videos by this guy, Robert Barron. Robert Barron. I, I don't know who Robert Barron is. Okay, sure. I'll watch his videos one day, whatever. So I, I started really thinking, how am I going to get out of this? You know, <laughs> seriously. I, I was thinking, is this, like, this going to like draw us apart? You know, because she's getting really religious, and 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 I'm not. You know, that's a legitimate fear, isn't it? It, it is this woman, and she loves you exactly. And mm. and it's almost like we had separate lives that were becoming even more separate. Mm. Um, but another turning point, 2018. Uh, my brother uh, Jimmy, who had eventually come out of the coma, um, he died. He died from a heart attack, and uh, I took it hard. Uh I cried really hard. Uh and Laura backed off. She backed off. And and she kind of gave me a respite from come to church, come to church, come to church. And I took advantage of that respite being an engineer. I put on my white lab coat, got on my clipboard, and I analyzed how happy she was because it always bothered me. Now, going back to Indian and Tanzania, she was happy. And and I wasn't, at least I don't think I was. Um, So I I saw how happy she was at church, volunteering and this and that. So sometime in 2019, I relented and I watched one of these videos by this guy named Robert Barron. (laughs) And I did it to please Laura. I did it to please Laura. And you know what? I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> this guy, this guy made sense. It, he wasn't this Monsignor from my childhood that people were afraid to go to. He mm. made sense. He was very smart. He was my generation, uh, and it reminds me of this T.S. Eliot quote about um, "You shall ne- never cease fl- from uh, from exploration, and and in the end of all the exploration will be." return to where you started and know the place for the first time. Yes. So so all this stuff, these cranky nuns were teaching me, you know, when I was 10 or 11, I'm hearing it from this cool guy. And I started watching Robert Barron videos when Laura wasn't even there. (laughs) I, I think I ended watching everything he ever recorded on video. And, wow. I, and I, I spent a lot of money getting a lot of his DVDs and Blu-rays that weren't, weren't available on YouTube. So that was the turning point. Uh, so I, so Laura and I are avid hikers, and we would go hiking, and we still go hiking almost every weekend. And when she had enrolled in the evangelization program, she would bring up things that she was learning. And okay. watching the uh, Bishop Barron videos and hearing what she had learned, I started, I, I always had a philosophical bent, and I enjoyed the philosophical discussions. I was still an atheist, but I would like uh, challenge her. She would give me reasonable answers. Um, I would uh, challenge her about things that Robert Barron said in the videos, and she would give me uh, answers that she was learning in her evangelization uh, courses. So it, it was pleasant. It was actually pleasant. Uh, the conversations somewhere. Um, so we're like in probably May, 2019, shortly after that, probably late summer, 2019, she was so fed up with her job at New York Life that she started looking for church jobs around. And I encouraged her by, by this time. Um, we sort of had our own lives. I, I, I wasn't all in on going back to church or anything like that. But I liked how happy she was and I wanted her to be happy. So it's
0: neat about that too, as you're saying, Dan, I'm thinking, because at one point as you're sharing your story, it was like, Oh gosh, is this going to be the thing that pulls us apart? Right. Cause I hear you guys loved each other. You spent a lot of time together yeah. doing some really fun things, yeah. making some memories. And all of a sudden this new thing is introduced that feels like it could pull you apart. But while being an atheist, it's kind of neat, what I'm hearing is you you began to just explore on a philosophical level what these things were, and so then you could engage again. So it sounds like at that point, it was no longer a threat. It was no longer pulling you apart. You could both engage and enjoy each other, exactly. but not be somebody you weren't.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It, had she invited me to church, I would have said, no, thanks. But having the philosophical discussions, yeah, that was fine. I started enjoying them. I I, I really did. Yeah. Um, so she, she actually, um, she was checking the job posts for jobs. And I remember we were coming back from one hike and she saw an ad, uh, in Notre Dame and Mount Carmel, uh, just, uh, like four miles from our house for director of faith formation. And she read the description to me and I said, go for it. And she she went to apply. She was on one of these websites and she clicked like submit or whatever. And she says, oh, it's no longer there. It's not posted there anymore. I got the email, but it wasn't there anymore by the time she clicked on the link. So I said, go find it on another one of these websites. And she found it on another website. I was encouraging her. She was ready to just like throw it, you know, just go on to the next opportunity. And she ended up getting the job at, at, at the, not near, the, uh, Notre Dame and Mount Carmel. Uh, And I was so happy for her. She took a 67, two-thirds pay cut to go and work in this church. And I was delighted because I knew that she was going to be happy. But what happened once that started? (laughs) Once that started, the staff started saying, where's your husband? (laughs) (laughs) So you you see you at Mass every Sunday. Why doesn't your husband come? (laughs) The assumptions people yeah. make, right? We want yeah. to meet your husband. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, no, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And no barbecues yet. I guess it was maybe like <laughs> late September by then. And I said, no, no, that's okay. Yeah. So after, I don't know what did it, but after about 30 years of uh, re, um, invitations to mass being rejected by me, I finally said, okay, okay, I'll go to Mass. I have it written down somewhere, Somewhere the exact date, Um, September 29th, 2019. First time I went back to Mass in over 30 years, and I was blown away by the hospitality. Now, I had been observing Laura for months, how happy she was with this religion thing. Yes. When I walked in that church, I, this is before COVID, I probably hugged 12 people I never met, <laughs> and I could feel the love in their hug and probably talked to 12 other strangers that I never, never met before, and I just felt this love.
0: Now, did they hug every stranger, or was it just because you were Laura's husband? Because that would be a little weird. I, 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 like, because I could just hear people who don't go to church. Go, I'm not going to church. I'm not a hugger. Yeah. Like what?
1: I think it was because I was Laura's husband. Yeah. She, okay, she, just she, check it. Yeah. It It, it, it was. I. I. I think I'm rewinding now. It was mostly. Oh, hey, uh, Julie, meet my husband, Dan. That was hi, Julie. Nice to meet you. Kind of yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the, the observing how happy she was and then observing how happy they were, I started thinking, you know, maybe there is something to this religion thing, you know? So I felt that strong sense of community and I loved my first mass in over 30 years. Did you? Yes, yeah. And Father Patty, um, the pastor of Notre Dame, I remember I was sitting in the pew with Laura waiting for the mass to start, and he was up on the altar adjusting something, the readings, and he saw me, and he made a beeline right for me, and I stood up to shake his hand, and he opened his mouth, and I thought, oh my God, the, the pastor here is Barry Fitzgerald from Going My Way. Unbelievable. <laughs> with that beautiful Irish brogue that accent. <laughs> <laughs> He's but awesome guy. Yeah, he really is. One wonderful experience after another. So as we were leaving uh Mass, I said to Laura, "I think I'll go back. I'll come back next week as well, and the next week, and the next week, and the next week." And the the, the domino started falling at that point. Oh. I went back to confession, uh, for the first time in over thirty years. My penance was one month long. <laughs> the priest gave me a <laughs> penance, which lasted one month. I kid you not. <laughs> I started receiving Holy Communion again, uh, so on and so forth. But, you know, I wasn't all in. I still wasn't all in. My, my scientific engineering brain still had questions about the existence of God. I I think I was going back for the sense of community, which I loved, right? Yes. And sort of going through the motions. But then uh, another turning point in my life, Laura invited me to Alpha, Alpha. Hmm. And when I first heard, she says, why don't we take Alpha together? And I said, Alpha? It sounds like dog food. (laughs) But why do you want to take Alpha with me? So I what said, is alpha yeah so <laughs> so she explained it to me so she said um you know you, you you watch these uh christian videos and then you you talk about it with people and my reaction was you know may, maybe that's not so bad you know it, it's sort of like watching robert Barron videos and, and then that i that's could a good point yeah, yeah. And i could talk to talk to people about them so you know i said let's do it and, and uh you know initially i resisted but uh I ended up really starting to enjoy it and really growing much closer to to the people who were strangers at session one. And by like uh, session 12, it's like, oh, my God, you know, it's like I'm going to miss you guys so much. I'm still friends with everybody that that was uh, in my um, my alpha table. The turning point, though, was the alpha retreat. And that was November 2nd. 2019. Now we, we remember all these dates, right? Okay. In the morning, um, in our in our breakout room, the the table host posed the question: When was the first time you felt the love of God? And I froze. I froze. Right. Because I had never felt it. Never. Right. Uh, how could I have? I was an atheist almost my entire life. So I ran out the clock before they got to me. <laughs> I did. I didn't want to answer the question. I, I asked follow-up questions to everybody and we ran oh, out of time. <laughs> and you're killing me. That is a very, very strategic move. Well yep, done. I didn't have to answer the question. So I said, Oh good, let's move on to the next topic of the weekend, whatever that was. Four thirty PM, the entire Alpha congregation meets inside the church for this prayer ministry. Now, they, they didn't give a lot of information. They didn't give a lot of detail because they knew I would have been out to the back door. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in the church, and I'm seeing all, the, all, the, all of my Alpha friends go up uh, to our prayer station. And they had prayer stations set, uh, set up around the perimeter of the church. Ours was set inside the chapel. There's a chapel up to the side. Um, I was so skeptical that I let everyone in the entire church go first. (laughs) Go ahead. You want to go? Go ahead. You want to go? No problem. Yeah, I know you got here an hour after me. Go ahead. It's very hospitable of you. (laughs) I don't know if like, you know, deep down, I was hoping they would run out of time. (laughs) Work the other time. I tried to run out of the clock again. (laughs) But my Alpha team was so hospitable that they actually made time for me. So my time had come up. I had to get up out of the pew, walk the 20 feet over to the chapel. I sat down, we joined hands, I closed my eyes and they started praying. And then something really strange happened. I started sobbing, Hmm. crying, like I hadn't cried for a long time. And I cried for like 10 minutes. Wow. And I felt feelings of euphoria mixed with guilt, joy mixed with remorse. And, and when it was all over, I had this profound sense of peace that I had never felt before. Never. Now, I, I didn't know it at that point, but in hindsight, I I, I, I just found it amazing that early, earlier that day, I had fro- frozen when someone asked the group, when was the first time you felt the love of God? And I ran the clock out. God gave me that gift right there in the chapel. <clears throat> and, and now wow. when, I look, when I look back at that, that 20 feet from the pew where I was sitting to the chapel, that was my road to Damascus. Because when I entered that chapel, I would, I would label myself, probably I'd say I was a curious agnostic. I, I wouldn't label myself an atheist at that point. But I, I definitely wasn't, wasn't a believer yet at that point. And when I left that chapel, I was a zealous missionary disciple. I mean, that, that, that's how drastic that change was oh. that happened in, in the chapel. Yeah.
0: Nice. <clears throat> goosebumps just... Went like a wave right over my whole Aww. body as I'm listening to you. They're still there, like it just gives me chills. It, it it's such a beautiful description of your experience, and, and I'm just so happy for that. I remember because when when your wife got that job, I was coaching that church, yeah. and that church was one of the first churches in the the coaching network. Yeah. And I remember when she was hired, how excited everybody was. And I didn't know your story. She, you know, we didn't talk about you. Right, right. Uh, and she was on the leadership team. So I got to know her quite well. And then, and then the excitement started to build. Hey, Laura's husband is taking Alpha. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, isn't that lovely? Like, <laughs> but, but they were really pulling for you. And then when it was over, I had to meet you. They were so excited. Like, you're Your transformation, that 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 experience, the amount of hope that poured into everyone in that leadership team was remarkable.
1: Wow. I didn't know know, that. that. Oh my that's wonderful to hear.
0: Really did. Like it really did. And I had to meet you because your that experience you had, they felt that wave come over them too. Like it was such a moment of hope and and awe and wonder. It's a miracle.
1: Yes, really? Like, yeah, I think so. When, yeah. When people experience the love of God, because you can't fabricate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. And man, that changed me. Boy, was I transformed. I mean, I, let, let's put it this way. I avoided the church for like 35 years. I think the church started avoiding me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here comes Dan again with another idea. You know, I I I said we got to take Alpha to prisons, and they're like, huh? (laughs) And and I'm making PowerPoint presentations, and I joined the hospitality committee, and I took men's cornerstone, and uh, I I I did things for the marriage ministry, and like anything, I was helping uh, Christina uh, uh, update the website and things (laughs) like that, and and of course, I I wanted to be an Alpha team member. Uh, So yeah, I mean. It, it, it's it's like I I you couldn't stop me, um, and and uh and what happened was that the the next alpha of course I was on the team. I said I I got to be on the team, <laughs> got to be on the team, and this was uh 2020 this year. Yes. Uh yes. and uh, it was February and we did two sessions in person, and then COVID arrived, <laughs> and it put everything on hold everything. <laughs> Actually, so, so if I could back up just before that, I think it was, yeah, it was February, February. Um, the church asked me if I could give my Alpha Witness at all five weekend masses in the church from the altar during the homily after Father Patty <laughs> addressed <laughs> or introduced me. So I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Wait, i was very shy i I, i've always been an introvert uh, with an aversion of public speaking really a total aversion of public speaking but i did it i said i'll do it and Hmm. let me tell you it was the one of the most rewarding things i've ever done probably the accomplishment uh, of which i am most proud five masses in a row one saturday and then four sunday uh giving my Alpha Witness, and it, it was so rewarding. I still get people walking up to me saying, I remember when you gave that talk in February and how mm. inspirational you were. So that's the thing that inspires me. And, and that, I think that's what drives me. I want, I, I describe my 20-foot walk from the pew to the chapel as my road to Damascus. I want to take as many people on that road to Damascus as possible. So when COVID struck of course, I went to the church staff and said, we got to take this online, got to take this online. And they were dealing with all these problems, all these emergencies of outfits. like, yeah, 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 we'll talk about it. Um, and then, and, you know, a few weeks later, I, I go back again, we got to bring this online, I'll do the whole thing myself, no problem. And, wow. and they were saying, they had their doubts. I mean, and, you know, I, I so did I. You know, I didn't know how the alpha weekend would work, but I was saying, we're not going to know unless we try, you know, and, but they were still busy with all of these, uh, COVID emergencies. People were getting COVID and you got informed parish and this and that, uh, it got to the point where I felt I was beating a dead horse. Uh, like, uh, I, I, I hope I wasn't annoying them. They never gave me the impression I was, but I just kept at it. Uh, persisting, and eventually, I guess it was uh, somewhere around May uh, after about two two and a half months of persistence, they gave me the th- the thumbs up. okay, take Alpha online. Uh, we established the virtual alpha ministry. I became the lead of the virtual alpha ministry. I had been a member of the parish for three months <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you had plenty of experience.
1: <laughs> plenty of experience. I was an alpha guest three months before that. <laughs> I we I I um. They they Uh-oh. they asked me to name uh, pick someone to help me. I picked my friend Christy Christy yeah. Souter to help me uh, as as the co So We're both co-leading it now. We ha- I had a team of fifteen for the first uh, virtual alpha. It it ran really well. Uh, the church staff, even one person, Jean, uh, I think she messaged you, and she said that the, the prayer uh, alpha retreat was by far the most profound and rewarding she's ever had. And and she had done, I think, four previously uh, in the parish hall. Uh, we're now getting ready to finish our second one. The, the last uh, session is this Thursday, and we already have the dates for the third one and so yes that's so I, awesome i brought like 60 people uh in the first two 60 people on my road to damascus we'll see in march uh what happens i have also led the prayer course online um i did it before the first virtual alpha as a test case to show that we can do virtual alpha because the prayer course Pete Greg uh, he developed that course it's a lot like yes. alpha it's eight, nice. eight videos, eight weeks in breakout rooms with discussions that work really well. I guess I had over 40 people on the first one then and then did it again like uh, um, just a month or so ago, I had another over 30 people. So let, 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 me, let me tell you this, nothing, wow. nothing nice. I have done for money my entire career has been as rewarding for all this that I'm doing for free. And I just want to do more and more and more
0: oh wow it just just makes my day you know I think about I I remember being in a talk with Father James one time and um, we were at an event where we were being trained actually in some coaching and it was an evening event so James Father James could talk and and we're in that room and he gave his presentation and then there's some questions and some people were saying, yeah, but you know, we think we just need to spend another year or two, you know, catechizing people, making sure we give them the right courses, then they'll be ready to go out. And, and you tell me that 20 foot walk you went in as a curious agnostic and you came out a missionary disciple. And that's what we try to share with people is that it isn't, I don't know that you catechize your way to transformation. Right. Like, right. Like, You had a transformation because you had an encounter with the love of God.
1: Wow. And then instantly
0: you're given a mission by the Holy Spirit, right?
1: It's it's not like in the chapel I was thinking, okay, the Holy Trinity is this, and and St. Thomas Aquinas said this about it. No, it wasn't that at all, man. It was like, boom. Oh, (laughs) man. What just happened? Right. And, and, and my
0: guess is it makes the, the learning of these other things that much more enjoyable because now you're passionate about the very thing with which you're learning about, yes. or the very person with which you're learning yes. about.
1: It's, it's like I fell in love and now I want to know as much as I can about that person, yes. you know, but the falling in love came first. And, and I tell people, you know, there's a, the Buddhist Buddhists say that uh, when the student is ready... The teacher will appear. Yes. And I was a very slow student. <laughs> very slow. But I had the most patient teacher in the world was always there waiting for me my entire life. So, yeah, you can't you can't learn to get to that point. No, nothing could have taught me. Nothing no. could have taught me. I, <clears throat> go ahead.
0: I, I'm just curious, what was that? Because like, you know, you said back in, I think it was 2013, when Laura went back for, yeah. you know, and, and stayed back. And then, of course, she took that course and then she, she be, be, became more engaged in her faith. And, and then all of a sudden had people praying for you. What was it like for her? I, I, I watched it happen, but what was it like for her? How did she describe that for you? Like she was already happy. How happy was she when the person that she loves and spends her whole life with, came to that like what was that like
1: uh you mean after my transformational experience
0: yeah for her
1: oh i i I think i think at first she wasn't quite sure what had happened (laughs) (laughs) it it it, i I, like she turned into me for a minute there right (laughs) she she got her white lab coat on and her (laughs) clipboard and she wanted to observe me for a while <laughs> to see if this were legitimate. And yes. and it's like, well, you know, honestly, I I wasn't sure what happened. And 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 you can mm. say, well, you know, it could have been the burritos I had for lunch, you know, <laughs> before uh before the prayer ministry. But why have I done all I have done since February? Why have I done all this? And and yeah. I just want to do more and more and more. And if you, if you looked at me a year ago, I wasn't doing any of this. I I didn't want to have anything to do with this. So, Mm. so, you know, if we try to uh, scientifically explain it, I I think we're going to come up short, but, um, but, but Laura, I think it's, it started gradually sinking in that I was, I was all in finally, Mm. I was going to church, um, uh, I was introducing Laura to people that I met in church. Your friends. <laughs> uh, hey, you're the, you're the alpha guy, right? Yeah, meet my wife, Laura. Her. She's director of <laughs> faith <Fame> formation <laughs> at the parish. <laughs> so it's like it's like the the roles were reversed for a while. There, it, it, it's like you know she she was way ahead of me for years, and then I like was like, <laughs> way ahead of her for a while, and then she's like it's gradually caught up to me and that we're kind of like finally like together you know moving together <laughs> but wow. uh, yeah I, I I think it was uh, you'd have to ask her but I I think she was um w- w- when she realized that it was real she she was extremely happy extremely happy and she still talks about it we we yes. had we had dinner with a friend just Friday and and she said you know when 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 Dan was an atheist, I was, uh, uh, when, when I was going to church and people were saying, uh, oh, I did the rosary with my husband, uh, Laura was saying things like, oh, I wish I could do that with Dan, you know, it, but it's not going to happen, that kind of thing. And yeah. what, 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 what's going on now? I say the rosary every day, sometimes in English and then in Spanish, and I That's can't awesome. tell you the last time Laura said it. <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm like, uh, now you're
0: praying for her. Yeah.
1: I I wish I had a wife who would say the rosary with
0: me. Oh, you crack me up. That is awesome. That is so great. Well, you know, it's been, it's been so wonderful watching that happen. And I think about all the people, you know, you know, how often is there a, a Dan experience in an alpha? It happens It happens almost every season, not every season, but almost every mm-hmm. season. And then there's the people that, you know, don't have that road to Damascus experience necessarily, but yet the fruit is the same. You know, you look six months later and their priorities have changed. They've softened. They're j- more joyful. Uh, they're more peaceful. Yeah. But they didn't, they couldn't necessarily articulate it with the same dates and encounter that you have. And, and I think both are equally legitimate. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know
0: yeah. some people sometimes feel ripped off. Like I yep. took Alpha. I heard all these things about it. I heard about the weekend. I was open in my heart. I did ask and it didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember this beautiful lady named Bev who shared that very story with me. And then several months later, Father James gave a homily about the fruits of the spirit. Because when we do, when we are, when we earnestly invite Jesus in, when we say yes to the Holy spirit, he comes Mm -hmm. and you may or may not be able to articulate that. However, the fruits of the spirit will begin to manifest themselves in your life later on down the road.
1: Absolutely. And
0: if you're not sure, just ask your spouse.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, What what I tell uh, the team before every prayer ministry session now on Alpha is let's be instruments of God in planting the seed. And don't worry if you don't have a green thumb, because once you plant the seed, it's in God's hands. So don't worry, right? (laughs) Something might happen in five minutes. Something might happen in five years. Something might happen. You'll never even hear about it. Yes. So um, we are doing the most valuable work, I think, in planting those seeds Mm -hmm. and and letting God uh, do the rest. I I really like that.
0: Such a treat. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I did watch, and is it still on your website? At, uh, it is, yeah. It is. So I'll put that in the show notes so people can, can go and watch, because I did watch that because of your wife and the leadership team. Perfect. I said, you got to watch them, and I did, and I just thought, this is fantastic. It's such <laughs> a great story, but I want to thank you. I want to thank you for so beautifully articulating your experience. I want to thank you for what you are doing when things aren't easy to lead churches aren't easy mm-hmm. to lead in the season and and you're bringing solutions you're taking a leadership role because you're so the spirit is palpable in you yeah your joy is is complete yeah, I, you know jesus wanted his joy he wanted us to have it so that it might be complete and i look at you and i hear you and i watch you and i think
1: your joy is
0: complete
1: it, it's the holy spirit man man i'm just an instrument of the holy spirit that he's using yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and he hasn't failed me yet amen yeah so if- what advice
0: would you have if you were to give a tip or two to, to people that may or may not have uh, been running Alpha in their church or maybe struggling with it because it doesn't come from a Catholic background or, or whatever their hesitations might be? What, what advice would you have for them?
1: Oh, my, first of all, my advice is that Alpha, um, Alpha is not Catholic, but it is Christian. Uh, it's not anti-Catholic by any means. So it's Christian. Um, and look hey i was an atheist right <laughs> and and i was i was really transformed by my by my experience with alpha uh and uh i guess the second piece of advice during covid is take it online take it online man and and start on a small scale you know it it, it, it we have had an alpha with probably with team and um guests probably about 60 for the first one and maybe 70 for the second one. Uh, is that right? Maybe I get the numbers a little wrong, but they're, they're large scale alphas. Start small. If, if, if you have concerns that a large scale alpha is not going to work, find one or two other people to be on your team and then go and invite six people. So you'll have six guests and three team members. You don't need breakout rooms. You just do it. And it's wow. very flexible that way too. Uh, you don't have to do it the same day, every week. You could do it in the morning. Some days you could skip one week. You could do two sessions in one week. Um, if, if you miss a session the previous week, it's very flexible. And then you'll prove to yourself that you can do it. You could do it on a, on a larger scale. So don't let, don't Mm -hmm. let fear of the unknown, uh, prevent you from doing it. Um, because, uh, you can do it. It's possible. Love it. And what
0: would you say to the Laura's out there, uh, the spouses, male or female, who are engaged in their faith and and just longing for their spouse? What would you say to
1: them? I would say never give up, never give up. Uh, With faith, you can move mountains. And Laura, uh, with her her persistence and her concern for me, never gave up on me and moved me. So don't ever give up on your spouse.
0: What advice would you have for the Dan's out there that have been pushing their spouse away? And what would you say to them?
1: Watch Robert Barron videos. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) There's worse things they could do. That
0: man is ridiculously smart, very logical, and just compelling as the day is long. Dan, thank you so much for spending this time with us on the podcast. You're an
1: absolute treat. Thank you, Ron. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: That was my interview with Dan Baylor. Please check out the show notes. I've included the link to Dan and Laura's hiking photos. I've also included the link to their parish website. If you live in that area, I encourage you to experience their hospitality firsthand and see for yourself. Father Patty and his team are the real deal. If you want to meet Dan yourself and you've not experienced Alpha before, sign up for their next online Alpha and let me know how it goes. Next week, I'm going to be speaking with the Executive Director of Evangelization Brisbane, Deacon Peter Paligan from, you guessed it, the Diocese of Brisbane, Australia. We'll break down all kinds of leadership principles that you'll find helpful regardless of the leadership role that you currently find yourself in. Be sure to tune in. And can I ask you to invest 10 seconds right now in the successful launch of this podcast? Would you consider rating the show a five-star on whatever platform you're using and leave a comment? I would be so grateful. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.